and welcome to a momentous occasion, our very first now in theaters version of Movie Mastery. That's right. We are so close to that goal on the Patreon that decided to give you all a little sneak peek, a little trailer, a little what's coming, a little rated R for select audience because of language throughout and implied sexual situations. Maybe some of them adult themes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, adult themes. What are those anyway? Is it like irony? Yeah, adult <laughs> themes. Paying your mortgage. <laughs> so, I am John. With me, as always, is Jeff. Hello. We have just gone to see Batman v Superman, the Dong of Justice. God damn it. You know that's what the porn title is going to be called. <laughs> of course well, it well, is. Well, actually, no, it won't anymore. Because It'll be, this ain't Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Yeah, because that's all there is these days. Because it's way easier. They're like, oh, wait a minute, Porty, pa- parody laws, let us just go, this is not, and then whatever, and it doesn't matter. Right, and people will be more likely to see it in, th- in uh, the store if it has the name of exactly the thing that you are parodying. Yeah. Although, is it even a parody? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess at that point you go, yes, it is. It is a parody, but also there are wieners in it. I guess. I mean, because to be parody, it's like there should be some jokes or something, I guess, at some point. You know, I did watch, out of morbid curiosity, the Avengers porn parody. You know what's weird? I watched the Scream porn parody. Nice. Which was actually super meta because it was about the filming of the Scream porn parody and someone is murdering people during that. That's actually very clever. Right? Yeah, the uh, the Avengers porn parody is just gross. <laughs> instead of being an interesting parody. Oh, that's Mostly sad. because, you know, in order to bolster the number of girls in it, they added a couple of extra female characters, like Scarlet Witch in her old costume. Yeah. And She-Hulk. And anytime you got someone on screen in a porn that's painted green, oh, it, yeah. it's not going to end well. <laughs> uh <laughs> This is a good start to our Batman v Superman <laughs> review. <laughs> Best so, porn parody I've ever seen, by the way. Men in Black Men. <laughs> uh, so, the way this is going to work is a little different than our normal reviews. Yeah, we'll start by reviewing porn parodies. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> so, the way this is going to work is we're going to start off with a spoiler-free review. We're going to give you our initial impressions just sort of a general view of the movie as it stands, and then we will let you know when we are going to get into the spoiler territory. So if any of you have not seen the movie yet, you can stick around for the beginning, and then after that, if you have seen the movie or you just don't give a shit, you can listen to us give our spoilery review. There you go. Great. So you want to kick us off? What's your uh, general impression of this? Okay, so this movie going in, I had already heard some fairly negative things about it, Mm -hmm. but I was willing to reserve my judgment until seeing it. Yep, same here. And it turns out it's it's pretty bad. It's not not good. I'll tell you that. Uh, I mean, let's just go. I'll go through categories of things. Acting in this movie, there was some moments where there were acting in this movie. Yeah, there was definitely... I I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say Man of Steel, not my favorite film. I I don't hate it for the same reasons other people hate it. Oh, I hate it for a lot of reasons. I mean, I I still don't like it very much, but... You know, if you're talking about, uh, oh, he, oh, he's going around killing people, I'm like, fine, whatever. That's just a different version of Superman. There have been a lot of versions of Superman throughout history. He's just telling his own. Fine. He can go around snapping necks or whatever. I don't, I, I don't really care. I don't like it because I don't like Zack Snyder. Well, I don't like it very much because if Superman is going around snapping necks, that, that just isn't Superman anymore. And that's basically my main problem with this is you have a, a Batman and a Superman in this movie, and neither one of them are those characters. No. It's like if you just went, hey, here's a picture of this hero and their power set. You decide what they do. And they had never heard of it before. Yeah, all right. Well, let's see. I'm going to give this movie a couple of the poll quotes I had for it based on watching it in the theater. So if you happen to need some poll quotes to put on the DVD box or (laughs) on the porn DVD box or, you know, just put them in a newspaper or something, let's go ahead. 
This is two and a half hours of introductory shots and dream sequences. <laughs> Credits to follow. Yes. Someone painted a log to look like Superman and then threw it at Ben Affleck. Zack Snyder paints a movie with lead paint. <laughs> Zack Snyder paints a movie. Unfortunately, the picture he paints is Hitler railing your mom. <laughs> so, okay, a couple of nutshell things. First of all, the film is far too long. It is two and a half hours, and I would say of what you probably needed, it's like an hour yeah. Like, you have an hour and a half of just <laughs> unnecessary things in there. Yeah, okay. I mean, let's say, how many t more times in your life do you think you would like to see a filmed version of the Batman's parents get killed sequence? <laughs> I mean, at least two. Because this movie's going to show it to you twice. <laughs> Not once, but twice do we get to watch that sequence of... of uh... Also, did you notice that, that uh, Thomas Wayne was played by the comedian? I did, and that was great for me. Yeah, that, that made was, me real happy inside. That was kind of cool. <clears throat> I cannot remember that guy's actual name. Yeah, it's that guy who's been in things. And I kind of like. I do. I, in fact, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that guy for Lobo. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Wouldn't that be kind of nice? That guy is Lobo, whoever that is. Like, yeah. we're, some people listening at home are going so crazy They're right now. so angry right now. All the Supernatural fans are real angry at oh, me right now. Oh, see on that? That's cool. Yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, he's the uh, the dad in Supernatural. God, that was killing me. <laughs> it was literally murdering me. Oh, it was like an ice pick going directly into my brain. It was like a really strong guy snapping my neck for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> X-Men comics character, strong guy? Yeah, it was like strong guy coming out and snapping my neck. Oh, gosh. Okay, so, okay, we already said it's way too long. Yeah. Uh, the characters don't really seem to act like the characters that you've heard of or know throughout history. Yeah, this the, is... the scenes with uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne are sort of okay. Actually, he was one of my favorite Bruce Waynes so far. Bruce yeah. Wayne has always been a hard role to pull off. You've either got, I mean, you can go all the way back to the beginning. Back in Batman 89, way too cartoonish as Bruce Wayne. Way too likely to be like, hey, hey, you're a pretty girl. I'm Batman. Hey, did you know I'm Batman? My butler said I'm Batman. <laughs> hey. Uh, and then it swings the other way for Val Kilmer, who plays it way too cool. Well, yeah, you have the the swing between, am I the tortured orphan son? And then you get very, like, uh, the 89 Batman that kind of like, I'm brooding and, uh, no, did you know I'm Batman? Mur. Yeah. And then you swing all the way to the other end where you've got that, like, swinging, I'm a super playboy. Which Val Kilmer did and George Clooney did. And, and you know, I got to say, as much as I hate those two George Clooney Batman movies, and I hate them a lot less than most people because I recognize them as the gay camp they are, uh, he, he, uh, he definitely got Bruce Wayne right. Kind of a goofus playboy that no one really likes. Yeah, I mean, I liked the initial Nolan version of him, because Bale did a good job as a playboy and then immediately forgot he was supposed to be doing that and then just went back to being a brooding guy. Yeah, uh, as far as I can tell, I, I don't care for uh, that first Batman Begins at all. It's one of my, it's like one of my least favorite Batman movies, and that should be saying a lot, and, and it's because of the editing and the acting, the whole, I just didn't care for it. So uh, I, I don't. I didn't care for his Bruce Wayne. I didn't care for his Batman either. <laughs> no, sir. Do not like it. Nope. But this, he, you're right. Uh, ben Affleck does a fine Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he's he's got a good presence to him. Yeah. So when he's walking around, you're like, oh, okay, that's neat. And you know, the at least the first few scenes we get with him, I go, all right, you're all right. Not me, because the first couple <laughs> times you see Batman do anything as Batman in this movie, he's got a gun. Oh no. I, I don't mean as Batman. I no. mean as Bruce Wayne. The few, the first scenes we see of Bruce Wayne, I'm fine with it. Batman, however, is not Batman throughout this entire film. And the same thing, Superman is just not Superman in this film. Like, he has no moments where you go, oh, this is a character that I would generally assume is Superman. No, it's like if you... Basically, it's like Martian Manhunter pretending to be Superman for a hot minute. Where it's just like, <laughs> what is it to love? <laughs> what is human emotion? I, I'm certainly not going to learn by the end of this film. Oh, God. And even when he is Clark Kent for the two or three minutes that he is Clark Kent in this film, Henry Cavill is still just like, hey, I'm acting. Yeah. I, hey, you. I don't remember seeing him in much else. And honestly, I'm kind of grateful for it. 
I don't know. I don't know if this is a Star Wars prequel situation where I'm sure he can act fine otherwise, but Snyder is terrible because he is. He is awful. I don't understand that that long dream sequence. And I'm not even spoiling anything here. People have seen the uh, the trailer for this and the sequences with Batman walking around in a big yellow desert, and he's got like a cool trench coat Batman outfit happening. Uh, that dream sequence just made me think of Sucker Punch. I was like, oh, look at that, a big dusty desert. And well, a bunch I mean, of people, people might not guns. know that that was just a dream sequence. Oh, whatever. It's a dream sequence. Fuck this movie. <laughs> but even then, yeah, it's still just... I think Zack Snyder has decided he's going to keep directing Sucker Punch until people realize it's a good movie. Like, that's his plan now. This will never happen. <laughs> he's just going to be like, no, man, you give me a movie, I'm going to give you Sucker Punch. God damn it. Uh, yeah, and just like people have been saying, there is a very bright spot in this movie. The appearance of Wonder Woman is fantastic. Yeah. It, and I, by appearance, I mean her, her role in the film. She's I don't mean she looks great. I mean, she does. It's just I don't really think that's the important point. No, she uh, does a good job, does Gal Gadot yeah. as both Diana and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, both of those appearances, because she shows up as Diana in any sort of significant portion for, like, Two scenes. Yeah. And then she is Wonder Woman for a scene. Yeah. I think, yeah. And most of the time she's, the, the outfits they put her in are fantastic. The, the Diana Prince outfits are fantastic. They have a unified theme across them. She always has big gold bands built into her dresses. Yeah. It's, it's really, very clever that way. It's cool. I, I, I liked her appearance. I actually do kind of look forward to that Wonder Woman movie. If nothing else, because it's directed by someone else. But, uh, yeah, at least at least we have that look to look forward to, yeah. is a movie that is not directed by Zack Snyder, which is all I ever look forward well, to. The weirdest thing about this movie to me is that it looks like it cost $120 million, but not really. Like, there are scenes where Superman flies off by the, by the wind being blown briefly on Lois's face. Oh, he definitely has a few Smallville moments. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, we can't film him running really fast anymore. We're just going to have papers be blown away. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, he left. You can tell because things moved. <laughs> yeah, the characters reacted to him leaving. This movie costs so much money for the sequences of that. Also, Superman in this movie exists in either slow motion freeze frame or just teleporting around. <laughs> Actual shots of him flying are reserved for the very, very end. But otherwise, it's just, he does like eight superhero landings. Yeah, and it's a lot of hovering. Yeah, there's a lot of shots of him hovering and doing like, I'm posing like Jesus in a painting. Oh my god, the Jesus imagery in here as well. The fact that Batman gets Jesus imagery, I'm like, oh, for the love of God, at least when you're doing the Jesus imagery for Superman, that is sort of a messianic Christ figure. Right. That's fine, but when you're making Batman do the Christ pose, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You've run out of ideas. You don't know what you're doing. Before we get to the spoiler space, we should also mention briefly uh, Jesse Eisenberg's performance as Lex Luthor in this. Jesse Eisenberg is an amazing performance in this movie yes. as the Riddler. Uh, <laughs> very good. Yeah. No, he's, he would be a fantastic Riddler. Uh, I didn't mind him as Lex Luthor. I thought he was just fine. But yeah, he definitely is the vocal cadence of a Riddler because he keeps popping extra. He's always doing that kind of hoiling, bubbling, troubling, woo. Oh, the white rabbit has arrived. Oh, this is. <laughs> yeah, no, he is 100% cast wrong. He was the Riddler in this movie. All of his actions were the Riddler in this movie. And I'm really sad that they didn't just use him as the Riddler. That would have been fantastic. Every time he'd be like, oh, Superman, I have another enigma for you. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. He also, I feel like the one really cool thing about him is, and this will be something I'll talk about more in the spoilers, is that he seems very aware of the world he is he is living in and what Superman is. Because a lot of his plots revolve around the fact that Superman will show up in very slow motion so that so that he can, <laughs> he can be explained to. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very weird. And also, he is doing his best Max Landis impersonation Which, in this why movie. Why would anyone do a Max Landis impression? <laughs> it is amazing to me. But good for, good on you, Jesse. You did it. You he, did something. I, he, it, here's what I'll say about Jesse Eisenberg's performance. It appears as though he did exactly what he wanted to. Yeah. I will say this. He was not trying to be, like, old Lex Luthor. Oh, no, because that was what ruined the uh, the Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Kevin Spacey just doing his best to be the same Lex Luthor. He was trying to be Hackman. Yeah, he was just doing a Hackman, and that's fine. That it was but... so sad, because I was so looking forward. Kevin Spacey is the ideal Lex Luthor to me. Oh, I love him. If he was just being Kevin Spacey, if he was just doing House of Cards, yeah. and that was it, that was his Luthor, I'd be like, great. Yeah. 
but instead they had him prance around doing a Hackman voice and have a real estate related scam. Can, can we stop it with him having to do real estate? I'll give you that. No spoiler, but the plot of this one is not Lex Luthor doing a real estate scam, so good job. Hooray! You weren't Hackman, you weren't trying to take over some real estate. Hooray. That's something. We should go to the spoiler space, because it's about 15 minutes. Alright, so there you go. Uh, general non-spoiler impressions. Not very good. Probably don't really need to see this in the theaters. I would be amazed if you actually need to. There's a whole bunch of setup for the other films in, in the new DC franchise, which... Here, 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 let me give you the setup right now in a non-spoiler way. There will be a Cyborg and a Flash and a Wonder Woman movies. And an Aquaman. Oh, there's going to be an Aquaman, too. There's probably going to be a Green Lantern, but they, did, yeah. they didn't put him in this. Aqua Momoa was amazing. He I'll say fine. that. He, he looks, looks great. He looks just great. Flash, on the other hand, well, let's go to the spoilers. <laughs> okay, so now we are going to get to our spoilers for this film. If you have not seen it or do not want to be spoiled at all, Please feel free to turn us off if you have seen the movie or you don't care about spoilers. Here we go. Here's here's the film. So just going off of that, like Flash looks real dumb. Why does he look like the kid from? Uh, why does he look like the vote for Pedro kid from Napoleon Dynamite? Also, why does he have an Iron Man outfit? Oh yeah, for some reason he's. I, I assume that's his time travel suit because. Okay, so there's. <laughs> There are like 12 dream sequences in this movie. There's so many dream One of which sequences. I don't know if it was a dream sequence or not because it was fucking inception of a dream sequence within a dream sequence. Yeah, there was, there was at least one dream sequence. There's one major dream sequence in the middle of the movie, and it's the one where he's got the, the trench coat Batman outfit. Yeah, and the desert turns out to be basically Metropolis. Yeah, and there's a giant omega symbol stamped into the earth to basically your dark side hint yeah it's and and there are very clearly paratroopers yeah though uh yeah parademons Parademons, although they look a lot more buggy than normal oh yeah they made them full insect rather than like just weird dudes they do give you one brief shot of one where you can see it's goggles that it's wearing so it's like oh this is definitely a parademon and uh and then after we get a scene we're basically at the end of that sequence he kills Batman in the dream sequence. He wakes up to be in another dream where the Flash is in a weird vortex. Yeah, he's popped halfway out of a vortex that he's... And he's I, like, hey, you gotta you gotta make sure Lois, she's the key. Lois Don't, is the key of the most important. Hey, wait, am I too early? Okay, hold on. I should probably be in the end of this film. I'm way too early. Yeah. And, but you can't tell it's the Flash because there are little bits of his red costume showing through underneath a boring dark brown Iron Man outfit that he appears to be wearing. Yeah, he has one of, like the Iron Man helmet that flips up and shows yeah. his face. He is wearing that. Why are you wearing that, Flash? I, I assume that someday we'll find out it's very important that he wears a time travel suit when he travels through time or something. But it's nice that it flips up to reveal that he has the stash of a like like the mustache of the sort of person who will defend the ownership of old vans. <laughs> The mustache of a person who definitely still collects magazine pornography. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, look, lights go out? Who's got all the power? I do. Uh, Yeah, he's like, look, man, I'm doing it analog style. (laughs) You can't take the internet in the shower. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Uh, Yeah, so the movie has way too many dream sequences. There's this, there's the... A lot of Batman ones, but there's still some Superman. Like, I thought for a minute that it was going to be, oh, Batman's getting weird premonitions from something. Yeah. Like, okay, he had a weird dream about fucking uh, Apocalypse and then had a Flash thing come through. And I thought maybe the one he had about, like, oh, the bleeding Martha grave was going to be something, but no. Yeah, they they show the grave of Martha Wayne and it's bleeding and then he touches it and then he gets teleported into the desert. And, so the and, but why? How does that make any sense at all that Batman is having apocalypse visions? I don't know. I mean, that was the thing. I thought maybe if at the end they were gonna go, oh, the whole reason Lex Luthor was completely batshit loco and decided to make a bunch of stuff is he was also having visions of this. I, I it's got to be because at the very end of the movie is him kind of making. Bell well, noises and saying, "Oh, I sent a message to space, and he's coming." Oh, rest oh, yeah, assured. they they now in space. They know that God is dead, and they're they're coming. And it's not just they. He keeps saying he's coming. He, he's talking about the devil or something in his in his own worldview. But he's saying he. So you're supposed to be like, "Yep, he knows about Darkseid." Although it's like, "Oh, he knows about any 
DC villain. Oh, Gorilla Grodd is coming. Oh no. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> uh, the, uh, God, okay. No, so much. honestly, the only real spoiler in this, because if you've seen the trailers, which I assume you have, you know, basically every plot point of this film, there are yeah. a few little touches, but the trailer has given everything away except for one at the very end, which is they could not help themselves from doing the death of Superman. Right. Because Zack Snyder only knows how to d- direct from comic books that have already existed, which means this movie is 99% The Dark Knight Returns and then 1% The Death and Return of Superman. Also, the we- the wedding of Superman is, is baked into it at the very end when it's revealed that, I guess, Superman's been mailing himself wedding rings so that eventually when Lois Lane is staying over, she'll get one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's the same wedding ring. He just keeps mailing it back, so just in case... Just in case he gets killed, the wedding ring will show up at a poignant moment for Lois. <laughs> because he's a big weirdo, and he can't just ask her to marry him. Oh, good lord. Yeah, it... okay, so yeah, they, they kill Superman at the end, although then they also do the heartbeat noise, so that you know it's fine. Well, yeah, you see the, like, dirt start to rise off of the grave. What superpower is that that he's doing? Oh, don't you remember how Superman, when he comes back to life, has anti-gravity power? Yeah, he has localized dirt telekinesis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's way better, because the guy with the porn stash has localized dirt bag telekinesis. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) He's always right behind you the moment you purchase nachos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good lord. I, I I can't deal with this movie it just hurts me it was not very good so batman has a gun uh, batman has a lot of guns a lot of guns but before we even talk about that can i mention that my respect for Zack snyder is so low that when they did the opening the standardized bog standard union rules batman or uh, clark or uh, bruce wayne watches his parents get killed by by uh, a bad guy and then he falls down a well and there's bats down there and they fly into him and he's like no bats then they did a sequence where the bats all spun around him and levitated him back up the shaft. And I was going, okay, I would, I believe this is the sort of jackassery that Zack Snyder would do. <laughs> this is, I don't, we find out that it's a dream sequence, but yeah. when it's happening, I'm like, no, I wouldn't put it past Snyder to do this sort of dumb bullshit. No, he'd totally be like, yeah, a column of bat air lifted him up and back out of the tent. That's how science works. Yeah, no problem. So when it was a dream sequence, I was like, oh, Okay. And then that just set up the rest of the movie to be dream sequences. Yeah, to the point where you don't pay attention to anything in this movie because it's just non-stop dream sequences. Oh, does Batman need to watch a file decrypt? Crypt? Better load a long dream sequence up. It's it's like he hadn't heard of being able to cut to when something happens, and he's like, oh, well, he started a sequence that's going to take a while. We got to fill the time with something. Here's no, a- Snyder, you don't. You can cut to when it's done. You can make the Bat co- computer way cooler. Or just have it be cut to scene of him at computer, files already decrypted. I I mean, I understand that he really wanted to pack in that dream sequence. Although, let's be clear, that dream sequence adds very little to the movie. That's the big one. That's the big yellow desert apocalypse is coming. Uh, Superman marches towards Batman. We need to set up the actual, uh, like, Justice League movie. I guess, but, I mean, they could have done it with the end sequence with, with Lex Luthor talking just like they did. The effect that that dream sequence has on this movie is extremely minimal. Because, again, we were just talking about how the Flash pops up from a time vortex and looks like a dirtbag. But what's the message he's delivering? Lois Lane is super important. Lois Lane is the center of everything. You have to go get Lois Lane. He then has no interactions with Lois Lane. At all. Throughout the rest of the film. Nothing at all. There's a scene where Lois, because Lois is... Honestly, she always ends up being the star of every Superman movie because it's expensive to put Superman on screen. But a regular woman running around, that's cheap. So... (laughs) There's a scene where she has to go get Batman's super cool kryptonite spear, which, by the way, I want to track the arc of that kryptonite spear. Uh, But she goes to get it, and rubble falls and traps her in a pool. And I was like, okay, this is such an obvious setup. Well, yeah, because at this point, Doomsday has shown up, which you know if you've seen the trailer. And so Superman and Wonder Woman are both beating him up and having, you know, middling success at it. Mm -hmm. But Batman's just sort of like, oh, shit. This is bad. And it's... It's a point where we cut to her, like, struggling to breathe, and she's hitting and trying to get out of the water, and both of us thought, oh, well, this is the point. This is where Batman saves her, and he's like, oh, this is what I was supposed to do. I need to stop you from dying, or else Superman would lose his goddamn mind. It was especially going to make a lot of sense, because there was the standard scene of Superman realizing, because of his superheroing, that, oh, Lois Lane is in trouble somewhere. I need to go do that, because that's the most important thing I do. Uh, So much so that I become predictable, and everyone knows... (laughs) 
you know, knows yeah. who I am. Uh, but anyway, they have a shot of him going, Lois is in trouble nearby. A pig fainted. But uh, they should have cut from that to Batman saving her and being like, I, I, I also am super good. at I'm, I'm, I'm the world's greatest detective or whatever. And I found out that you were in trouble and I saved you because a friggin' robot Flash told me I had to. Now, let me just say, she is going after this kryptonite spear. And I know we're jumping around a lot, but whatever. Fuck it. I don't care. So she's going after this kryptonite spear because Doomsday is around. Now... Superman knows that this is a Kryptonian thing, that uh, Lex has gone into the ship from Man of Steel oh, and yeah. birthed a monster. Yeah, which he does, by the way, by just putting some human blood on Michael Shannon's corpse, <laughs> uh, on General Zod, and then just dumping it into a big pool, at which point a robot says, this is against the rules. And he says, no, it isn't. And the, he's like, <laughs> "He's like your planet blew up, there aren't any rules. And the robot's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, that makes sense. Make it a big monster then. It'll be ready. <laughs> w- when you hear three huge beeps... Uh, but they're le- more than three seconds apart. That means that the monster is ready. <laughs> Ding! Ding! Monster done. Yeah. Yay. Oh, I burned my monster. I hate this. <laughs> Stinks up the whole house for like an hour. So, uh, Superman knows that this is a Kryptonian monster. And he's like, we need to get that kryptonite because that's going to kill him. And he tells Batman this, and Batman knows that. So, they know this. Lois, however, does not. How- but when Doomsday is running around... She's like, oh, I need to go run after this kryptonite spear. Why? I think she kinda... all you know that it does is weaken and possibly kill Superman. No, I think she. I, I mean, I, I hate to defend Zack Snyder here, but I think that the arc makes sense for her to get that because Doomsday is birthed in the ruins of one of the Kryptonian ships. She doesn't know that. Yes, she does. She's watching it on TV. Then Superman punches Doomsday out of it and up into space. At which point, the president decides to nuke them both. But we see that happen. We, I mean, we watch that being watched on cameras and TVs all across the world. So she knows this thing at least. At the very least, she knows this big, stupid, gross-looking Hulk came bursting out of a Kryptonian spaceship. Except she doesn't, because that entire time, she has been in the rubble of that building in Gotham. Oh, She left right. when there was only lightning crackles. So for all she knows, this fucking Tolkien cave troll that is currently fighting Superman is just... Some monster. Also, if you're wondering why she has to dive into a pool and get covered by rubble with the spear, it's because the she threw the spear into a pool earlier. What pool, you ask? A pool with a spire, a, a very, very deep pool of gross blue water in a church that has a spiral staircase going down into it. Because that's just Gotham architecture for you. That's straight also, up Gotham ar- architecture. The fact yeah. that Gotham and Metropolis are literally just across a river from each other. Oh, they're like they're like Monterey and San Francisco. They're separated by a bay. It's so infuriating. The fact that you can be at the Daily Planet and see the bat signal. I'm like, oh. Fuck you. Fuck I mean, you, movie. It almost kind of, I mean, if you look at... DC's always had this thing where they have fake cities, right? They have, yeah. And they have so many. They have Star City, Coast City, Opal City, You've Steel got Nairobi. Yeah, Nairobi, <laughs> by the way. Nairobi, Africa. Because you couldn't just say Nairobi or one of the other random, uh, actual, weird countries you have. Because they've made up a bunch of countries yeah, in DC. They have. There's a, there's a ton of them. And, 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 I mean, even Marvel has to do it. They made up Sokovia. Yeah. They're like, oh, we need to make up a place for it to be. But no, it's Nairomi. Nairomi and Michelle's high school reunion. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the name of their African city, is Nairomi. Uh, anyway, anyway. goddamn. Uh, so she, she tries to get this dumb spear, which has been thrown into some very Gotham-y architecture. And this leads to, by far, bar none, my worst, th- least favorite thing about every Superman movie ever, except... For the one that stars Brandon Ruth and Kevin Spacey, or no, that's in that one too, except for Man of Steel. Excuse me, yeah, because Man of Steel is like the only Superman movie where kryptonite isn't a thing. Yeah, they haven't figured out kryptonite exists yet. Yeah, so in every Superman movie, kryptonite is this big thing they use to weaken Superman, and then he gets over his weakness because he's really because he really wants to. <laughs> I mean, that was the big problem in the Brandon uh, the Brandon Ruth one. Is yes, he literally picks up an island made of kryptonite and throws it into space because he wants to. Yeah, it's. Look, normally, if I get near, like, a tiny pebble worth of kryptonite, I'm super weak, I can barely stand. However, I'm determined to pick up something, so I will, and it's an island of kryptonite. My weakness doesn't matter. (laughs) So in this, again, that's shit. He picks up the spear and flies it into Doomsday, which, by the way, I mean, it's cool when he stabs Doomsday with it because there's all these cool light crackles and stuff. And then he drives the, the point home by pushing the spear, the part of the spear that's kryptonite, back out the other end of Doomsday, which causes Doomsday to explode. Call me, 
crazy here, John, but don't you think the, the kryptonite would do more damage if you left it in him? No, 100% had the same reaction when he's like, ah, I stabbed you, and now there's a big shard of kryptonite in your heart. And then he's like, oh, you're not dead yet. I know. I'll shove the kryptonite out of you. Wait, what? <laughs> that'll that'll blow you up. <laughs> that, ought, that ought to do it. And then the uh, Doomsday, which has grown a bunch of spikes over the course of the fight, that at least was kind of cool. Because when you first see the Doomsday in the trailer, he just It looks, is just a cave troll. Yeah, he looks like... He really looks like the cave troll. Yeah, he is. 100%. He's, he is definitely going to attempt to get Bilbo. Like, every that's he, what he wants. Yeah, every time he gets laser-faced or he gets uh, nuke, nukefied or whatever, he grows more spikes in response. So he actually does end up looking kind of a bit like Doomsday, and it's kind of neat. Yeah. I thought that was actually sort of a clever thing. Also, again, the imagery here, when he gets nukefied, you also get Superman, who got nuked, and it is... 100% the return of the Dark Knight oh, yeah, he gets images of when yeah. Superman got nuked from that. He gets all zombie-faced. And, in, and you know what? He gets healed by the sun, which is fine. Because in, in Dark Knight, I always hate that he falls and gets healed by like an acre of flowers. Yeah, he just gets a new power of sucking the life out of things. The shit is that. Is he just like Zach, that's Zack Snyder's power is sucking the life out of things. It is true, yeah. He, he suddenly develops hexes from Ferngully's power at the end of Dark Knight. <laughs> He gets a rad voice. He gets a rad voice, a bunch of cool songs, and he sucks the life out of nearby rainforest. Uh, okay, so also, Batman. Batman has a gun. Batman has so many Batman guns. Batman has a lot of guns. Batman does not give a fuck. Not a, so you see in the trailer, like, oh, Batman's like, he's branding people. and He's he's fucking, he's mean, bad Batman. He's, he's, he's an angry Batman. He's gone over the edge a little bit. And... From the trailer, you're like, oh, wow, he's, uh, that's the uh, even grittier version of Batman. Okay, that's terrible, but whatever. I counted. On screen, verified, Batman has killed someone deaths at 25. Yeah, I was counting around the same number. <laughs> like, just not even, sometimes you go, oh, well, a guy died near him and he didn't save him. And some people would go, oh, he didn't try to save that guy. It's like that. I'm going to swing my fists, and if you get hit, it's your fault. But there are some that are just straight up, what is this? Oh, he threw a grenade at a guy, or he straight just ran him over with a car? I, I want to go over my favorite Batman kill in this movie. Let's, let's recount our favorite Batman kills. All right, so there's a scene where he's trying to stop uh, Kryptonite from making its way to Lex Luthor. So he... So it's being imported from a boat, and it's got a whole bunch of car escorts and dudes with rocket launchers, and the whole the, the standard Batman has to do something cool with the Batmobile chase sequence, right? Yeah. So Batman's got the Batmobile hidden in a warehouse. He comes bursting out of the warehouse and uses it to uses the Batmobile to flip a car up in the air. At which point, it crashes into a nearby truck, probably killing all the dry, uh, people involved. You're not sure though, because it's I mean we're stuck. It's stuck halfway up a truck. Then he comes driving the Batmobile out, spins off, and, and fires grapples at this tr this car, which is no longer in his way. He he already knocked it out of the way and probably killed the inhabitants, but he fires grapples at it and then drags it for miles as it flips and bounces around behind his his car. Then eventually he uses it by launching it in the air somehow so that it lands on another car and kills those inhabitants as well, which he could have just done with machine guns or something. He was just being pointlessly cruel. Oh, yeah. The fact that he dragged this car of probably dead bodies behind him, and if they weren't, they certainly were by the end of that sequence. Yeah, he turned this, this thing into a rock polisher and just drove around <laughs> Gotham with it. It was that scene with the safe at the end of uh, freaking which like, one of the Fast and the Furious movies, I think four. It was ridiculous. It, 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 the whole time his car is covered in machine guns and rocket launchers, he's like, no, in five minutes I'm going to need to use your corpses inside that car as a weapon. Yep. And so that was amazing. I think my favorite was the direct one where there's a guy with a machine gun shooting at him, and we are shown... That it doesn't matter. The bullets hitting the Batmobile bounce off, and it doesn't do anything to him. However, his response to a guy in a truck shooting a machine gun at him is to unload both of his giant machine guns in the Batmobile and blow up the truck and, the truck and then drive through the explosion yeah. so that you knew this guy was definitely a fine miss. There certainly wasn't any parachute that appeared in the distance or anything, no. And, and the truck doesn't just blow up. It comes apart under a hail of bullets. Oh, yeah. It explodes 
killing the guy who was shooting the gun in the truck, the guy in the truck driving the truck, and then the two people behind him that were in a different truck. Uh, is your 25 including the dream sequence as well? Because he has he straight up goes nuts with pistols in the dream sequence. Oh, no. I allow him to kill people in a dream sequence and go like, oh, that's him venting steam. Because that, that sequence is him. I mean, it's a lot of straight to the head from two-inch bullets that he does during that dream sequence. Oh, yeah. He just grabs guns and starts going to town I mean, on people cool in dream. it's a cool-looking fight. It would be a super cool looking fight if this was like a Punisher or a Grifter movie, but that's Batman doing all that. Oh yeah, I I feel like Snyder just really wanted to make a Punisher movie with Batman and was like, meh, close enough. Whatever. There's also, I mean, the one, it's always been a weakness in the Batman movies that apparently his don't kill rules don't count when he's in a vehicle. Because <laughs> if you think about Batman 89, which I believe Batman 89 still holds the record for the highest kill count. In a Batman movie, because he like brings down buildings on top. At one point, he crashes his bat jet into a building, and they don't even discuss what happens after that. <laughs> it's just whatever. It's well, fine. You, just like everywhere in Gotham, it's abandoned if it needs to be. Also, I love that in this movie, every time because people were so pissed off in Man of Steel, every time there is a fight, they're like, "Oh, there it. Whatever. That place is abandoned. Yeah. They they crash landed on Strikers Island." That place is abandoned. And it's like they turn to the camera and go, there are no inhabitants there. Superman doesn't kill people. That's what Batman does. Wink! <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a scene where, where Wonder Woman pops up next to Batman and is like, why did you drag him back into a city? And he's like, the docks are uninhabited. They've been abandoned. And I was like, really? I feel like it'd be hard to find a square mile of any major city that's... <laughs> oh, oh, the other one. The other one is do when Doomsday first appears... He, like, climbs the LexCorp Tower. The person on the uh, the TV is like, oh, well, he's uh, it's after the workday is over, so downtown is mostly deserted. Really? <laughs> the downtown of a major metropolitan city it's, is deserted? Metropolis is DC's New York. <laughs> people, li people live downtown there. Also, there's no way the docks of Gotham are just abandoned. All Batman is saying there is, I'm fine with homeless people dying. <laughs> Plus, it's the docks of Gotham. That's, like, the most populated thing in Gotham. There yeah. are always things happening at well, the docks. Just, just these docks. These docks are abandoned. No. Also, also, I got rid of all the homeless people a while ago. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, okay, so before we cut to spoilers, I mentioned that all of Lex Luthor's plans revolve around Superman doing his slow-motion approach. Yep. And they do, because Lex Luthor's big plan in this movie is nebulous at best he basically he sets up he, he basically wants to take down superman in public opinion so he sets up a dude who lost his legs in the first battle of, of man of steel well essentially his plan is i want to get batman angry enough to fight superman like he's essentially sitting there going look man what i wanted was a movie called batman v superman and i'm doing my damnedest to make it happen also i wanted to go into an alien spaceship and just fuck around with things and see if anything cool happens like, there's no way he planned to make a doomsday. No, that was just a weird, lucky happenstance that there happened to be a birthing pod that would make a monster. Yeah, a big yellow pool with a computer voiced by Carla Gugino for some reason. Yeah. Which is just like, hey, there's a big rule against doing this. And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's okay. It's like, it's oh, cool. the council says you can't do that. Well, the council's dead. Okay, but I'm a, I'm a robot. Fuck you. Yeah. You're a human. You're not even Kryptonian. You can't give me any orders. Which, he, by the way, he gets into the ship by using a, a, a kryptonite saw to cut off uh, Zod's fingerprints so we can get past the standard hand-powered fingerprint encryption scheme that this Kryptonian spaceship uses. You know how Kryptonian technology is super advanced, but they're still just using fingerprint technology? <laughs> uh, that was really weird to me that it was like, oh yeah, they just use the same stupid shit that you see in a regular Batman movie is... Oh, you gotta put your hand on a thing and it reads it. Also, why did he... He went to a lot of trouble to take this little, like razor sliver of kryptonite and just very carefully cut off the fingerprints just the skin of his fingers mm -hmm. in order to do this why didn't you cut his hand off you have a fucking kryptonite chunk just cut his hand off and put his hand on there maybe, the, maybe it's really hard to make a bone saw out of kryptonite you know like it's real easy to make something that'll cut flesh but bones real pain in the ass <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Maybe. Sure. Right. Why not? All right. So anyway, that's part of his plan, and then he builds Doomsday, and when the Doomsday guy appears and starts fighting people, we don't see Lex Luthor again until he's just in prison. Yeah. It's like he just walked to prison. Like, he was just like, oh, I guess I lost. All right. Pri well, prison for me. The... <laughs> 
We've also spent a lot of time talking about this final sequence with Doomsday and a lot of the things about that, but that's because that's the only actual action in this film that matters. Well, there because is no... the first like two hours of this movie don't matter. No, it's all... it's Batman being the world's worst detective. Yeah. Oh my God, his sequence where he infiltrates Lex Luthor's building. We've seen that in the trailers. It's the part of the trailers where where the like you see the two of them, and then Lex Luthor walks up and he's like Clark Kent of Metropolis and. And uh, Bruce Wayne of Gotham. I'm glad you finally met, because if um, there's one thing I like, it's introducing reporters to rich guys. Yeah, I love this. Also, like, there's going to be at least five or six things of wink, wink, of Batman v Superman in this, of both like, hey, Batman, Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent coming together. Hey, don't fight this guy. <laughs> and then fucking Perry White, who's like, no one cares about Clark Kent taking on the Batman. And wink. Yeah, but... Perry White, by the way, speaks entirely in cliches in this movie. Which I love. No, it was fine. It was fine. I'm just Let me say, out. Lawrence Fishburne, another bright, shining point of this movie. It was like it was like he had just finished watching J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. He was like, I can do that. <laughs> I'll do the fuck out of that. Oh, man, here we go. <laughs> I want pictures. Pictures of Superman. Those aren't hard to find. He's usually holding still while people die of floods. <laughs> by the way, can we... And we discussed, we were talking very earlier uh, about uh, how Superman's obvious weakness in this movie is that he has to save Lois Lane constantly. Oh, yeah. This movie opens on a scene of Lois going into the desert to interview some warlord, right? Yeah, some warlord in Nairobi. Yeah, Nairobi. And she comes along with some photographer who turns out to be a secret CIA plant. And they shoot him in the head, and then they take Lois Lane off to, to kill her in a room for some reason. Um... But before they can kill her in a room, Superman shows up and saves her. That means Superman has been observing her all this time, and yet he decided not to save that CIA guy. <laughs> it's it's weird. I don't... Because the question is, did he just hear Lois say something after she was captured and go, oh, I heard that from however far away, and now I know I need to go save her? Or was he watching and just going, well, that guy's dead. Don't care. It's that a, guy's dead. Don't care. I mean, every time he saves her in this movie, he's not to be seen, and then all of a sudden he just flies in and saves her. It's not like he's nearby. We don't get any shots like that. I mean... Uh, no, oh. she gets pushed off of LexCorp Tower so that Lex can talk to Superman. Like, that's his whole plot, Yeah, is I'm going to push her off of a tower just so Superman shows up. But Superman, as far as we know, is still in Kansas somewhere. Yeah. And just shows up. Yeah, he just pops in. Which basically means that at all times he's keeping track of Lois's heart rate so that in case she gets in a, a moment of extreme stress, he'll go save her from something. Yeah, I don't know if he can tell Lois's scream from any other scream I, on the planet, I, I but apparently... Yes. I, I, I assume yes. I also assume that... I mean, there was a couple minutes between when she got found out by the, as a CIA plant and when that guy got shot. So she started going, oh no, oh no, and then her heart rate goes way up. And Superman's still like, yeah but I'm going to wait for a few people to die <laughs> just to make sure this is really important. Uh, oh my God. And also his reactions to people being dead is just hilarious because Henry Cavill has no reactions. There's the scene where uh, a guy blows up in the court hearing for Oh yeah, Superman. the guy the guy who died or, or had lost his legs in the collapse of Wayne Tower during the Man of Steel. Which I'll say... Fight. The beginning, like, Bruce Wayne driving through the streets of Metropolis during that destruction of Man, and St Man of Steel was actually a really cool sequence. That was neat. I mean, it was just Snyder jerking off to some 9-11 imagery again, but yeah. whatever. It was. I'll say this. It was sort of neat to watch some, uh, a, a movie sequel that actually deals with, like, the same scene from another movie from a different person. Well, because Batman is street level, it's like, oh, here's the street level perspective of this fight. Yeah, it was It was cool. I mean, they, they really hammered it home more than they needed to. First, he finds this this guy who works for him. By the way, this has got to be the only guy in the world who works for Batman in, in a Wayne building and, and gets a name and everything that is not a Batman villain. Yeah. Normally it's like, I work for you, Bruce Wayne, and I can't stand you anymore. I'm the Riddler. <laughs> the, okay, so we get that, and that guy, uh, it turns out Luther bombed his, or put a bomb in his wheelchair, and he blows up and kills everyone around, which is mostly just there to, I guess, piss off Batman, because... Everyone immediately in the film is like, oh yeah, this guy. It was a bomb in his thing. It's not, Superman didn't go crazy and kill everyone. We know it was a bomb. Yeah, that but was kind of weird. The scene of the explosion goes off and there's a bunch of reaction shots. And then it comes back to Superman. And he's just standing in this fiery rubble 
looking vaguely disappointed. He's like, uh, yeah, yep, there we go. There's a bunch of dead people. I don't get the, the, the Henry Cavill thing. I mean, I understand from the look. Like, it, it's amazing. If you take a picture of Henry Cavill and put him next to a picture of Brandon Ruth in his Superman outfit, I mean, Brandon Ruth, who is a chiseled, very good-looking man, looks like a soft little baby next to Henry Cavill. <laughs> like, just a, a weak little toilet paper baby. Yeah, he looks like a little newborn next next to this guy. Mar- Henry Cavill is like a chiseled slab of ultra-granite. He looks exactly like Superman out of look. If Superman is meant to have super hollow cheeks for some reason. Eh. But... He cannot do anything else. No. He just is not allowed to have emotion or smile or bring a modicum of hope to anyone. Like, even the few scenes where it's like, oh, he's going to go save people. It's mostly him just hovering around doing, like, Christ figure poses. Oh, yeah, because he does two big saves in this. One of them is he saves a, uh, a little girl from a burning building in Mexico. And then he floats down, and a whole bunch of Mexicans with Day of the Dead makeup try and touch him. Oh, yeah. So we get the, like, oh, I need to touch Jesus in order to be healed thing from there. Yeah. And the other one is, he's like, he's going to save someone from a flood, and he's just sitting up there doing the, like, hand of God to Adam Sistine Chapel shit. Yeah, because she's doing the hand up, and he's doing the hand back down. It is the Sistine fucking chapel. No, Snyder can only direct from pictures he's seen. Yeah. That's all he knows how to do. It's... He was able to do Watchmen because he could just use the comic book as his storyboard, whereas this is a meandering mess because all he has is a bunch of disassociated images that he wants to work into a narrative. Yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, that scene of of the woman being rescued is, it's so slow motion and it's like, oh, he's going to slowly save this woman, even though you can see a whole bunch of other flood victims in the background. Yeah. Well, they're the ones who wrote a Superman symbol on their roof, so they're the ones who get rescued. That's how that works. If you're not Lois... (laughs) you kiss the ring god it's so it's so weird to me that he decided to go with just the worst grittiest not actually these characters versions of them i I gotta be it's like okay why do you want to watch superman fight batman why have we historically for for decades wanted to watch superman fight batman because superman represents light and batman represents dark Batman represents the human element. Superman represents the super element. They're they're supposed to be opposites that have a lot of surprising things in common. Well, it's the brain versus brawn. It's yeah. all of these very opposed ideas. Well, and, and just the, the most important one by far is Superman represents the daytime. Batman represents the nighttime. Superman's always out in the day. He's always very bright. He's powered by the sun. He's powered by the sun. He's a heroic figure versus Batman being this shadowy figure who goes to extremes but still has limits. He stops himself. He's not a villain. He just represents that nearly the other side of the coin. In this movie, they're just two different variations on Jackass. Oh, yeah. Because normally you look at it and you're like, oh, well, Batman's still very much a hero. It's just he represents that very vigilante hero, whereas Superman is like, essentially sanctioned by people they're like oh he's a hero not a vigilante he's a per- he's lois's bodyguard who saves people in his spare time in this movie yeah and even when he is it's just he doesn't seem to actually care about people like he'll occasionally get a line that is oh this is this is my city or this is my planet or I want to help people. And you're like, no, you don't. You don't give a fuck about people because you've never been shown to give a fuck about people. No, no, he doesn't. He, he, he's petty. The first movie showed him as extremely petty when he knocked over that guy's truck. And in this movie, it's the same way. He gets grumpy about Batman, so he flies over there and stops him. But he doesn't, like, take him into jail or anything. He's just like, hey, cut it out or I'll come back. Oh, yeah. Well, the fucking both of them are just like, I don't like you. No, I don't like you. Mm. You're not saving people the way I want you to save people. The, also, the big fight occurs because it's supposed to in the movie. Like, basically, Superman goes to Batman to ask him for help. Also, let me say that scene as well pissed me off. Because, all right, Lex has a big thing. He's like, hey, I kidnapped your mom. You need to go kill Batman or else I'm going to kill your mom. And Superman is like, oh, I need to go find Batman, but I want to convince him to help me instead of doing that. And I go, holy shit, that's a thing Superman would do is go oh, he wants me to go fight Batman. Instead, I need to recruit him to my side so that we can help my mom and stop whatever dumb plan Luthor has. You're like, great. Finally, you've done something that's in character. Except he spends precisely two sentences attempting to talk to Batman. He's like, hey man, uh, I I need you to... And then he gets sort of like punched with some sonic weaponry. He's like, hey, stop it, dude. Look, what I want to do is... And then he gets shot with bullets that do nothing. Mm -hmm. 
and then apparently being shot with bullets that do nothing make him use his heat vision, blow it up, and then just start throwing Batman around like an asshole. Yeah, just trying to kill him. Just throwing him all over the place and slamming him into things. He's like, look, I put 20 of seconds into trying to convince you of something. It's go time. Yeah. There's there's points later in the thing where he gets his powers back after some kryptonite gas bombs hit him in the face. And super, and Batman's just standing there wailing on him with his bat armor. And eventually he's just punching Superman and nothing's happening because his powers returned. And that's a point where Superman can be like, hey, by the way, I needed to ask for your help and I didn't really want to have this fight. Can we, uh, can we truce for a second? Huh? Truce? Home base? Base? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, you're at a point where Batman just punched you and hurt himself even though he's wearing like super mech armor. Yeah. At that point, you grab his arms... Stop him from moving and go, hey, buddy, I need you to calm down for a moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm not here to fight you. I'm here to ask for your help. But instead, he just starts throwing him through bathrooms and stuff. Yeah, it's it's so awful. Like we talk about the uh, extended Amy Adams. Is that who that is? Yeah. Yeah, Amy Lois. Adams in the yeah topless sequence. Oh, in the bathtub. Just lots of bathtub in that. Was that... I, I, also, Lois has nothing to do in this movie. Oh, no, but she's still, like, uh, the main character, because she always is in, in, in a Superman movie. But has no plot. There's no. nothing she's trying to do. She's an investigative journalist that doesn't investigate anything. Batman is the world's greatest detective that can't figure out that Luthor is particularly <laughs> trying to fuck with him. And when he goes to infiltrate Lex Luthor's building, every person notices. Everyone. I mean, Mercy's in this movie for no reason at all. Mercy Graves is in this yeah, film. Mercy does nothing, but notices Bruce Wayne going to the computer room. Superman hears him talking to Alfred and knows what the fuck is going on. Wonder Woman is like, oh shit, you're doing some stuff. I would like some stuff. I'm going to follow you and try and steal a picture of me from 1918. <laughs> Congratulations, Batman. You are the least stealthy person in this, and you are the only person that does not figure out a plan. Yeah. You have no detective skills for being Batman. It's not the kid. It's, this isn't Batman v Superman. It's guy in Batman costume fights alien in Superman costume. Right. There's a point where where Wonder Woman he goes and tries to steal Lex Luthor's technology with for some reason a little machine he has to put on Lex Luthor's computers that then he needs to go get again instead of just having it translate the data remotely. <laughs> but by the time he goes back to go get it again. Uh, we know it transmits remotely because Alfred can tell how close to done it is. Oh yeah, he's like, "Hey, look, you've got a countdown. You're done now." Yeah, but uh, but uh, Wonder Woman steals it and she can't break into it. And he goes instead of just stealing it back from her or going back to Luthor to steal it again or anything like that, which is what Batman would normally do. You know, go figure the problem out on his own. Instead, he finds her by accident at an art show and says, "Hey, you stole something of mine. That's not nice." And she's like, I put it in your glove compartment. And he's like, oh, okay, thank you. Oh, oh thanks. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to solve this if you hadn't done that for me. Which I know that they were mostly just trying to make it go, oh, yeah, we're trying to make Wonder Woman, Diana Prince, look competent. I, I like, that's the point of it. But they're doing it at the expense of Batman. So yeah. it just makes him look like an idiot. I also, I get the impression they're probably going to try and set up the Batman-Diana romance. I hope not. Well, but they Amy might. Adams has too high of billing. They can't do the Superman and Wonder Woman thing that you get in some of these stories because they're not going to get rid of Amy Adams for as long as she's on contract. No. So she's going to be there. I also noticed that they mentioned that the Lang farm was flooded and killed. <laughs> you notice Kevin Costner in, this movie, in these movies is just a whirlwind of doom? Oh, Kevin Costner shows up in this and his entire thing is to go, hey, I tried to be a hero once. It made me murder everyone on another farm. I can still I can still dream about the horses drowning. However, those dreams stopped as soon as I met your mom because as soon as I get my dick wet, I don't have guilt anymore. <laughs> hurt, hurt, hurt. I'm Paw Kent. Bye. Oh my god, he was so bad in the first one and now he's just... He, I couldn't <laughs> believe they brought him back to have him do it again. <laughs> oh, the idea that Paw Kent is just like, hey, you know what's awesome? Murder. Murder's great. Hey, let people die, son, unless there's pussy. And you know what? Superman of this movie took that lesson to heart. Yep, he certainly did. By the way, does does uh, Martha Kent work in a diner? Yes, she apparently owns a farm but doesn't care and also works at a diner. Like, it's still an active farm. You can see the cornfields and everything, but in this movie, the one scene where she's watching TV, she's waiting tables at a diner. Okay. All right, sure, whatever. Maybe, maybe it's the Kent diner... I mean, someone had to take over after Superman destroyed the local Denny's and Man of Steel. That was in Alaska. That wasn't the local Denny's. <laughs> Alaska's Denny's. 
No, he destroyed Denny's in the Smallville fight. Did he? I thought he destroyed it. Oh, that's right. He did. I, I was thinking of the No, building. that was just a little diner yeah, in some Alaska. Diner. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. No, but that's where Pete Ross got to be. He's the manager of an IHOP. No, not a Denny's, an IHOP in Smallville that Superman destroys because Superman is an asshole and doesn't care. Hey, at least on this one, the Langs are just corpses in the past. <laughs> We'll never have to deal with Lana Lang in, the, in this series of Superman films. Oh, God. Why? Why this movie? Why? Oh, jeez. Well, you know, we should probably start discussing our favorite, least favorite. All, All right. right. Let's let's go ahead and do it. Uh, give me your favorite thing. What is the best thing in this movie for you? Uh, I'm going to say the the actual, the one fight sequence in this movie that I really liked. I'm going to leave Wonder Woman open so you can have that. <laughs> I was going to say, you may as well take Wonder no, Woman. By all means, you take Wonder Woman. I'm going to say there's a Batman fight sequence at the very end when he's saving Superman's mom. And he just bursts, it's, it's almost like watching an Arkham City game being played extremely well. He bursts through the floor, he takes out like 15 thugs at once, he's not wearing power armor, he's just wearing what honestly is the Jim Lee bat suit. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks just fine. And he bursts through the floor, beats up all these thugs. One of them throws a grenade. Well, that's kind of a sad moment where one of them throws a grenade. And uh, and he's just like, here, you have it uses, back and die. He uses another guy, like a tether ball, to knock the grenade back at that guy who caught, who blows up. So he kills some people in this fight scene. But the rest of the fight scene is beautifully choreographed. It's really neat. There's also a scene during this fight. I mean, I, I'm shooting myself in the foot. This is my favorite part of the movie. There's a scene where someone sneaks up on him during the scene and tries to shoot him in the back of the head. But apparently he's just bulletproof. So no worries. Well, yeah, we had a throwaway line where they were fixing the armor on his bat cowl yeah. at the very beginning so that he could get shot in the head at the very end. And if you were paying attention, you'd go, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he's bulletproof. Great. I'm, I'm glad Batman's bulletproof. So, so John, <laughs> what, was your, what was your favorite thing? Sorry, go ahead. Let me just also say the, the end of that fight is him murdering a guy who has a flamethrower, yeah, which I, is hilarious. I would love to think that that's the intro of Firefly. <laughs> I was I was digging. I know there's actually Easter eggs and spoilers throughout this film, and I didn't notice as many as I was hoping I would. Most of them are so obvious. Like, apparently, Lex Luthor was nice enough to come up with logos for all the superheroes in the world. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, the superheroes have not come up with their own logos. Lex Luthor has. Yeah, that's no problem. Let's put that W on top of another W. That's going to describe this woman from 1918. Don't know why. <laughs> not sure why, <laughs> but it feels right. It seems reasonable. <laughs> so there's a lot of little hints. But uh, anyway, I was hoping that when he blew up the dude with a flamethrower, that that was the introduction of Firefly. Uh, so, so Your my favorite, favorite thing. My favorite thing in this movie, uh, I mean, it's going to be the Wonder Woman fight, because that's the only other really good one in there. She really does do a number with Doomsday. She cuts his hand off, she slaps him around a whole lot. Well, it's yeah, really she well has done. a sword that actually does things to him, because we are established as well during that fight. It's like, oh, he absorbs energy and then gets stronger. And you're like... Oh, well, how about I just cut his shit off then, yeah, instead was, of shooting him with laser beams? Do you think that might be a setup that magic works on Kryptonians? Do you think that'll actually ever come up, or is it just that her sword is rad because she's rad? I hope it's actually magic, because that was what I was looking at, and I went, oh, she she has a rad magical sword, and that's why this works. Well, okay. We, we, can, we can dare to dream. Yeah. So, least favorite thing. What is, I know that there are a lot and it made me real angry, but what's the the low point for you? I'm having trouble deciding between my least favorite being Flash showing up and looking just atrocious, <laughs> or whatever the hell was going on with that Cyborg introduction. Uh, Remember that? When he, he For some reason, Cyborg's dad has him tied to one of those like chalkboards that you can flip over vertically. Like he's some sort of big point he's being that's being made during like an accounting demonstration. Like, and as you can see here, my chart. son has no internal organs. I've got half a son. <laughs> <laughs> the hell was that? And when he finally gets turned into Cyborg, it's because of a terrible CGI block that floats up and starts shooting bits at him? Oh, yeah. It's essentially the that little uh, Kryptonian thing that they made the uh, the terraforming device out of. Oh, okay. So, so you know yeah, how, right. like, it had that... In Man of Steel, there were those, those, like, tentacles made out of little blocks that kept reforming? Yeah. That was essentially... He had a cube of that. All right. That actually does make some sense. And that was the second uh, Cyborg introduction we got in this movie. We also got a shot... Of Cyborg, it was just a still fr uh, frame of Cyborg punching what looked like just an explosion. <laughs> oh, like, Cyborg just, punching an explosion. Like, like a little kid beating up the waves at the beach. <laughs> uh. Anyway, I, one of those is going to be my least favorite. They just weren't very convincing. That flash thing inside of a dream sequence was terrible. Yeah, that okay. is true. And, and this movie had a lot to go around for. Oh, yeah. For, so, for example, John, what was your least favorite thing? Okay. My least favorite thing was the. I don't know if I want to go with... Okay, no, nah, fuck it. 
Okay, worst thing in this is definitely Batman killing people. I'm just going to say that, but we've already said it, so I'm going to go to something else. Sure. That was the worst, but let me just say, the the guy who had his legs cut off because of the Man of Steel thing, and Luthor goes to, and he's like, oh, I'm going to help you get your voice heard and whatever. It's it's not just me. That should have been Metallo, right? Oh, yeah, that absolutely should have been Metallo. Like, he should have been in that courtroom, and instead of just a bomb going off, he should have been like, fuck you, I'm Metallo, and just started fighting Superman. Yeah, I was I was halfway expecting that that white wheelchair was going to morph around him and turn him into Metallo. Right? That would have been fucking amazing, and it didn't happen, and it made me real angry. And I don't know why it made me so angry, but the fact that he wasn't Metallo made me real, well, real angry. Well, I can tell you one of the big reasons it should make you angry is because Superman walks into that room, and he even mentions it himself later in the movie. He's like, I walked in there, there was a huge bomb in there, I looked right at the guy who was the huge bomb in there, and I didn't notice. Probably because it wasn't specifically endangering my access to your vagina. <laughs> Lois, uh, it, I don't care about threats that don't that don't make my dick dry. I just don't. <laughs> the The fact that that is what happens in there is just awful. Like, okay, sure, fine. The reason I would also want it to be Metallo is because then it would almost feel like a comic book in some way. Instead of this movie is, oh, what's happening? Oh, it's just guys blowing things up. It's explosions and bullets and people dying. And... Yeah. Can we mention, by the way, that uh, one of Lex Luthor's plans in this movie is to replace a senator's tea with his urine? <laughs> it's not even a plan. He's just an asshole. He's like, I'm going to murder you, but before you die, I want you to see a jar of my piss. Yeah. It's like the worst version of the ring. Yeah. Before you die, you see my piss. That was a really weird moment. Also, they gave Batman the oh shit. Uh, so that's true. He yeah. gets he gets the swear. Yeah, he because it's a PG thirteen movie. You get one, and they give it to Batman. He's like, oh shit, oh shit, Doomsday. Oh no, this is a real problem for me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not set up to fight goopy looking CGI Hulks. I I am not ready to fight Gray Hulk. Mister Fixit has shown up, and I am not prepared for this. That was too, oh okay. So uh, I guess we got to do the scale. Okay, so one to five each of us. That's gonna give our rating out of ten, Jeff. Uh, two. You know, there were, I was asleep for a lot of this, but it does have the introduction of Wonder Woman to the cinematic universe at all. And it's it's far overdue that Wonder Woman shows up on screen. She looked great. She fought great. I'm gonna that's worth a point for me. Otherwise this thing would have been a boring old one point five. <laughs> there you go. So what about you? Uh I'm gonna give it a two as well. It's not the worst thing we've ever watched, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's <sighs> I actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going down to a 1.5. Okay. I'm taking a 0. 0.5 off because you basically weren't doing Batman v Superman. No, really. it was an interesting thing to watch, but you were like, Oh, Batman just murders people indiscriminately. And Superman's a huge dick bag. Yeah. If you told me this was sucker punch versus Leonidas, I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I get it. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> what, what is this fight? Oh, we had like, Lobo versus Punisher is essentially what we got in this movie. I, I feel like there was more of a dichotomy between Daredevil and Punisher in the in the recent show. Yes, there was, <laughs> because one of them had... Actually, both of them had a very clear morality. Yeah. Whereas this was just, oh, what's the morality here? I don't know, whatever the fuck, we don't, don't care. I don't kill people unless I do. <laughs> <laughs> I need to save people because this is my planet, but, I mean, mostly fuck them, right? Right. Huh? Is True. it just me? Most of them aren't Lois. So, I mean, I've checked. I've checked a lot of other countries for Lois. And I've checked a lot of vaginas to see if they're Lois. Believe me. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of them that are attached to someone named Lois, but they're not the Lois. I try and get rid of those. <laughs> Jesus. God damn. So there you go. A total of a 3.5, huh? There you go. 3.5 for BVS, The Dawn of Justice. Will you still see other films in the Justice League franchise? I mean, probably because I assume we'll end up reviewing them. Yeah. But I don't... I didn't want to see this, honestly. The only reason we're seeing this is because our friend George is giving us a $20 bill. It's going to almost <laughs> uh, pay for the film. A crisp $20 bill. Oh, he promised a crisp? That's nuts. That's, 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 well, I hope it's crisp. That's worth it like better extra, be crisp for what I just sat through. That must be worth like an extra dollar right there. If that 20 is all crisp and shiny, that's practically a $21 bill in my esteemed opinion. Oh, God. So, yeah, there you go. And that has been Now Showing, our movie mastery in theaters presentation of reviewing a movie. Did you like this movie? Tell us. Did you hate this movie? I mean, probably everyone else on the internet did. 
Tell us that too. So if you liked getting a review of something in the theaters, remember we are super close to that Patreon goal. So if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and shoot us a dollar or two. Patreon slash system mastery. Yep. So if we hit that goal, we can start watching whatever and you can decide what we watch. Is there some terrible movie that you want us to review that's in theaters? Now's your chance. Yeah, we've talked about this. The way we plan to do it is a monthly poll where we'll figure out what's in theaters that month and put it out and let users vote and tell us what we have to go watch. Yep. You will make us spend for reals dollars to go sit in a movie theater and suffer. Yeah, that is the long-term plan. Otherwise, you can find us on SystemMasteryPodcast.com. You can find us uh, at System Mastery on Twitter or System Mastery on Facebook. Email us at systemmastery at gmail.com. Yeah, you can, if you have any movies you want us to watch, whether it's in theaters or just for our regular movie mastery, go ahead, let us know. We will go ahead and put that on our big old list. And for that, we always randomly determine what we're going to see, so we never know what we're going to watch until we watch it. Yeah, it's it's caused me to invent the D61. (laughs) There you go. Yep, we have non-platonic solids. We have non-Euclidean edges. <laughs> we have random number generators in our computers. Oh, sad, that's way less cool. Sad but true. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for listening. We loved doing this for you, except for the part where we had to watch this movie. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> so join us next time that we do this, or just for the regular movie mastery. Thank you so much for everything, and have a wonderful week. <laughs>